0: This morning I want to talk to you, and I don't think it's ironic, I think there's a reason and a purpose for it, is the importance of us as a church, as a family, as a congregation standing together, being together, serving together, doing life together in the wake of what's happened in Charleston, to even here at home this week with Vacation Bible School. In tragedy and in success, if there's one thing that I've learned in life, it's I can't do life alone. It's impossible. There's not a single thing in this life that I can do alone. It takes the help of others, it takes the encouragement of others. Sometimes it takes the reprimand of others. But I can't do life alone. And so that's where I want to go this morning in the short time that I have with you. Is I want to talk about this idea of us doing life together. Listen, if there's ever been a need for us to unify together, to bond together, to link arms together, that time is now. That time is now. And so that's why you have that little commitment card, that little sheet. All right. Listen, I'm a guy, I am sometimes too, uh, too organized, alright? Like, I know where everything is. Now, it might not make sense to you, but I know where it's at. And I carry little trinkets around in my wallet sometimes, as a reminder, It might be the rope that we carried when Kenny and Lynn were gone. I have a card in my wallet that has every donor that gives to the ministry of FCA in here. And I pray for them when I pull that card out, when I see that card. So I carry little things like that in my wallet. And I want to challenge you men that carry a wallet, women, wherever you need to stick this. Maybe in your car, on your visor. But at the end of the service today, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. What what is one thing that you can do as a member of this church to make a difference in the coming year? I want you to think of one thing that you can do to make a difference in the life of this church in one year. I don't want you to write it yet, but by the end of the service, I hope that God will reveal something to you that you can do to make a difference in the life of this church. And I want you to write it down and I want you to keep it with you as a daily reminder. Hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. And guess what? If we all do this, if we all make a commitment and we all commit to work together for one purpose, for one goal, guess what? God will be honored. He'll be glorified. And I believe that through that, This community will be changed for it. Ultimately, that's the goal. That's our purpose. Listen, life isn't easy. We can't do this alone. Go back to this morning and obviously being Father's Day is very special. Very special day. We talked a little bit in Sunday school about our dads and I'll tell you what. There's not a thing in the world that you could give me for my dad. I love that man to death. He's hard-headed. He's a hard worker. And God's slowing him down, slowly but surely. He's knocking on 60 and realizing he's not 30 anymore. But I love that man. Wouldn't be where I'm at today without my daddy. I mean that. That's one man that I know I couldn't get through this life without him. He's talked me out of a lot of bad ideas. Some that I thought, man, would change the world. And he talked me out of them. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for my daddy. So my boys come down the steps this morning and Graham got it right. He said, Happy Father's Day. Graham comes down the steps, and he says, Happy Mother's Day. Or Grady comes down and says, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Still got to work on that one. Tell you what, uh, and I'm not one. I don't usually call my family out, all right? I'm not that guy. Sandra and I had a neat conversation this morning. I always ask her on Sundays, what should I wear, right? Our youth could probably tell, I'm not a fashion guy, okay? Don't claim to be, never will be, all right? You probably pretty much figure out what I'm going to wear. Every Sunday, you you probably know what I'm going to wear. Some of you older ladies, you have favorite outfits, I'm told, that I wear. I don't know. Anyway, so she throws the idea out. Hey, why don't you wear your navy blue pants and your orange and purple button-up shirt? And I went, hmm. All right, so those of you that are fashion experts, how many of you think navy blue and orange go together? Yeah, navy blue and orange go together. All right, hands down. Orange and purple go together. Okay, now here's the hard one. Do navy blue, orange, and purple go together? Are you kidding me? I could have gotten away with that and not had to wear this. So, this was my compromise, by the way. And I thought, I'll say that. I'll never get this right. Like, this is tied. This isn't pre done, okay? This is the real deal. And you know what? I got it on the first try. And I went, mm. So, this is what I meant. Listen, I could not do life without her. There's no question. Together we make a pretty good team. Together we make a really good team. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to walk through Scripture. I'm not going to ask you to stand as I read because there's several verses of Scripture, a good portion of Scripture that we're going to walk through together. But I'm going to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. All right, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And we're going to begin to walk through the first part of Ephesians chapter 4 together. And hopefully through this, God will begin to challenge us as believers, as a body of believers, to begin to walk this out. This worthy calling that He's called us to, begin to walk it out together. So here's the idea. Together. Togetherness. Unity. Family. Right? How, how do we achieve that as a body of believers, how, how do we strive for, for togetherness? How do we maintain that sense of family and togetherness? First and foremost, we've got to go back to the beginning of where it starts. And everything that we say, everything that we do, should flow through the filter of Jesus Christ. And that's where it begins. So as we're striving for this sense of unity, this togetherness as a family, we have to go back to square one and remember that it all starts with Jesus. That's where it starts, with Jesus. And he says in Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to go through the first five verses here real quickly. I therefore, this is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, says the prisoner of the Lord... I beseech you, I'm calling you, I'm asking you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. To be together, we have to understand our beginning. And it begins and ends with Jesus Christ. This is a calling we have to understand as a body of believers. We have to understand that this is a calling. Something that God has called us to as a church, this is something that He has called us to that is far greater than any individual person. But you see, that's where we tend to, as a church, as humans, as believers, we tend to muddy the water. Because so often, we find it so hard to remove ourselves from the situation. And we tend to forget that our filter is Jesus Christ. For example, if, if we feel that, that God is calling us to something, right? We need to make sure that that is what God has called us to. We, we run it through that filter. God, is this something that you have called us to? Not some personal agenda, not some want, not some need that we have personally. But first and foremost, we get on our knees and we say, Okay, God, is this what you are calling us to? Is this what you are wanting us to do? That word worthy is a big word. It means something that deserves effort or concentration or attention or respect. That's the call, the the worthy call that Paul is talking about here. And he doesn't just say, listen, I want you to walk worthy of the call. But he even takes it a step farther. He's not just preaching it to them. But he's going to begin to show them, hey, here's how you practice this. Here's how you begin to walk this calling out. This worthy calling that Christ Jesus has called you to. Look at verse 2 and 3. He says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. He almost rewrites the fruit of the Spirit there. There are several words that he uses there that he uses when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. As a Christian, guess what? That's not something that you have to work towards to obtain. When you become a follower of Christ, guess what you have within you? The fruit of the Spirit. And as you begin to study the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit begins with what? Love. Love. Everything else is surrounded by love. And he tells us as we begin to to walk this calling out, this worthy calling out, that we're to be humble. That we're to be humble in our walk, long suffering, bearing one another's burdens. Doing a life together. Listen, I'm convinced some people walk through these doors and you know what they do? They put their blinders on and they walk just like this. I told those that were in our Sunday school class this morning, I don't get a, a, an opportunity often to get up here and, and preach, but when I do, I'm thankful for it. But also get to look and make eye contact with several people, and I know there's hurt. I know you're hurting. I know you're struggling. I can see it on your face. What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it as a congregation? Because I'm going to tell you what, if you have love in your heart, if you have Jesus in your heart, then guess what? You're going to want to help somebody. Listen, I'm going to be honest, I struggle with that. Because I'm a fixer and if I can't fix it, I just avoid it. I've got to do a better job of that. If I know somebody's hurting and I'm called to walk worthy of this calling, then guess what? I better do something. Because I'm committed to this life I'm committed to this church And I'm committed to walk this thing out Whatever it takes Is it going to be easy? No Is it going to be awkward at times? Yeah, probably so But I will tell you this If I've got an issue, if I've got a problem I'm going to approach you I'm going to say something Is it going to be awkward? Yeah, it probably will be but you know what? I have no problem laying my head down at night. Sandra can tell you because I won't sleep. I won't sleep. Listen, Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 9, He was in verse 23, He talking about the cross. He says that if any man... Wants to follow Him, right? If any man wants to follow Him, what must he do? Take up His cross. Is that easy? No. Because you know what that symbolizes? I'm laying my life down. I'm laying my wants. I'm laying my needs down. And I'm recognizing where I need to start. And that is at the foot of the cross. That is at Jesus Christ. And I understand that my life means nothing without Him. Therefore, every decision, every action, every word, every thought, guess what? Begins with Jesus Christ. Put that into perspective for a minute. What would this church look like? What would your life look like? If you took that simple approach. If we truly understood what Paul is talking about in walking worthy of this calling. You see, I think sometimes in our lives, we try to do life and we think that we deserve something. We think because we walk through these doors and we sit in these chairs that we deserve a blessing from God. Well God, I, I rolled out of bed. I woke up late and I wanted to stay at home, but I dragged my rear in here and I'm sitting in the chair. You you at least owe me something. No he don't. No he doesn't. You see it's time, guys. I'm telling you, it's time that together we take this serious. Together we begin to do life the way it's meant to be done. And that's to walk worthy of the calling. Secondly, I want you to understand it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about Him. And the neat thing about that is the fact that He's invited us to join Him in His work. You see, none of this that's going on is our doings. It better not be. But it's God's work and He's invited us. He's given us the breath of life, the gift of life, to join Him in His work. Look a little farther with me. In verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want you to understand something. We've been invited to His work. And some of you are gifted in ways that others aren't. And vice versa. If you have breath in your lungs... You can serve. I'm tired of this. I've done my part. I've done my dues. I'm too busy. I just don't have time. I can't say what I really want to say. Kenny would say that's bull. Bull. I can't stand it when people tell me I'm busy. No, I'm not. I wouldn't have it any other way. And I love my life. I love getting to do what I do. wouldn't trade it for anything. I can tell you this, I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. It takes us... As a team, listen, I mentioned in church council a couple of weeks ago, I'm passionate about this. We've got to get the right people in the right seat on the bus to go in the right direction. That's got to happen. I think too often the church is just willing to take whoever, however, whenever and stick them to work. I'm not saying that's completely wrong. We've got to look at their giftedness. And you see how Paul spells out, he gave some to be apostles, right? Some to be teachers, some to be pastors, right? And there's going to be some areas in this church where you're just simply not gifted. you know what? You have my permission to say, you know what? I'm not gifted. Now, if you're a mama or a daddy and somebody approaches you about teaching or working with kids, and you just say, I can't do that, I'm not good with kids, you're a liar. You wouldn't be a mama or a daddy. But that don't give those of you that your kids are grown, that doesn't give you permission to say that either. Listen, if there's a need, that need needs to be filled. And God's given you that gift. You need to use it. Listen, you're doing yourself no good. If you're telling yourself that lie, I've done my job, I've done my dues, you're selling yourself short and you're selling your church short. Think about where our church could be. Think about where our church could be if everybody uses their gift in the right way, for the right reasons, to bring honor and glory to Him. Think about what our church could look like. Think about the impact that our church could make. Listen. I've been here before in ministry. Ministry is not easy. It's tough. And it's dirty sometimes. It is dirty sometimes. There are some people out there that no matter what you do, how you do it, And how much money you save in doing it, guess what? They're going to complain. They're going to gripe. Ain't nobody got time for that. I love saying that. Ain't nobody got time for that. We got a job to do, we got lives to change. Listen, we just saw three lives this week. And I know the first night that we extended the invitation, nobody came back. And I know there was some frustration. I know there was some disappointment. But guess what? You keep pressing on, and the next day, what happens? You see, you're not going to see, I'm not saying we're going to see immediate results. But I am going to say if we stay faithful, if we commit to work together, Strive together, understanding our giftedness, as Paul's talking about. And we understand our place in His work. That it's not us, that it's not about me, that it's not my agenda, but it's His work that He's invited me to. will make a difference. We'll shake this community. Listen, it burns my backside to hear people rail the city of Westminster. I'm not saying I'm going to fight somebody, but it makes me mad because I live in the city of Westminster. And nine times out of ten, the people that rail the city of Westminster, they don't live in the city of Westminster. But they like to talk about it. You want to share your utility bill with me, I'll share mine with yours. Saw some guy share his on Facebook the other day and he lives out in the county. His utility bill, just his utility bill from Blue Ridge was $20 less than my combined utilities. And my house is twice his size. Don't give me that. You don't like it? Cut the lights off. Cut the air up. Don't rail this city. I want to change this city. And this is the only way that we're going to change it. Amen. Not through utilities. Utilities not through street streetscapes this is how you change a city and that's what I want to see happen but I'm going to tell you what it starts right here and if this community doesn't see that this church is together we'll never make the difference that God's called us to we'll never walk worthy of the calling but you and I have to understand our giftedness. Have to understand our giftedness. And your giftedness isn't to gripe and complain. Isn't to talk out of both sides of your mouth, or back behind somebody's back, or send letters unsigned, that's junk. And there's no room for it. Our job is to figure out who we are. Individually. Understand our giftedness and come together to make a difference. That's our job. I'm going to hush in just a second. It's all about Him. Listen. I'm going to leave you four things and I'm done, okay? Okay. Here's our call in 11 and 12. And he himself gave some to the apostles. We talked about that. Prophets and evangelists. Pastors and teachers. Watch this. What are we supposed to do with those gifts? What does that look like? Practically, how can we walk that out together? Verse 12, he says, For the equipping of the saints... For the work of Christ, what does that mean? That means that we are called together to what? Equip one another, to train and grow with one another. Heard a statement a while back, and and I I like it. It's a little slogan. It says, "If you're green, you grow. If you're ripe, you rot." A lot of truth to that. You green, you grow. You ripe, you rot. We've got to continue to grow and equip and build up one another. Encourage one another. Strive for unity with one another. Even in the midst of disagreement, I'm not saying we all have to agree on everything. But even when it's been settled, said, and done, guess what? You get on board. And you see the bigger picture. We've got to be together. and we never stop growing together." It says, "Till we all come." Listen to that in verse 13, "Till we all come." Not 25 percent, not 50 percent, not 75, till we all come." to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Till we all get there. Listen, when you see that individual walk in, and man, you're locked in like you're here, and you don't care what's going on in their life, you don't care what's happened, right? And you know all about it, you saw it all over Facebook, or somebody called you and gossiped, and told you everything that was going on in their lives. And you see them walk in, and, and yeah, you want to look, but man, you don't want to let your, your guard down. Can't do that. If we're going to grow together, we've got to build one another up. We've got to be together. That's my challenge to you this morning. I have no idea what your commitment's going to look like for this year. I have no idea. But from June to June, what is your commitment going to look like? Mac, I don't, I don't know where I can serve. I don't know how I can serve or what I can do. Hey, come talk to me. We'll find you something. Right? We'll talk about where you're gifted. It might be at the welcome tent that we're going to be putting up outside in a couple of weeks. Welcoming people. You might love to work with kids. You might not. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, even in the, the events that have happened this week, makes me thankful as a daddy that we had a security team at Vacation Bible School. I'm going to tell you what, you want to talk about a boring boring's not the right word. Um, Ricky could tell you. I, man, I'm telling you what, man was here and did his job and did it well. As a daddy, I appreciate that. Maybe it's Security. Maybe you just intimidate people by the way you look. Right? Man, we'll put you on the security team. We'll find somewhere. All right, We will find somewhere to plug you in. We need you. This church needs you more than ever if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Together, let's walk worthy of this calling. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for the opportunity. And I just simply pray right now as we go into this time of invitation, it's my prayer that that, uh, even if they don't have anything on their heart and mind, God, that through this invitation that you would reveal something and they would pick a pen up and they would begin to write. They would write something. If it fills the front and back of that piece of paper up and they need something else, God, I pray that they would grab something else to write on. Maybe it's just one word. I know my word for the year's perspective. Maybe that's their word. Help them write that down. Nothing else. Write down perspective. God, help us to see things in this life, in this ministry as a church, through your lens. God, give us the proper perspective. Most of all, Lord, I pray for that soul that's hurting that soul that is lost and has no hope. God, show them right now, reveal to them right now that their hope rests in you. All they have to do is let it go and give their life over to you. God, help us as a church shepherd them along in their faith journey. God, for that that soul that is struggling, that, that Just life circumstances, just have them bogged down. They're struggling, God. I pray that during this moment, during this time, God, that you would show them, reveal to them your strength, your power, your mercy, your grace. And God, they too will just hand it off to you. Lay it at your feet. God, have your way. May your spirit move. Give you this time in Christ's name. Amen.